What the fuck is up, everybody? Hey, it's Rich, your boy, honestly oversharing. Hey, listen, so we're doing a little change this week. We are giving you the Chris Howard episode now. Uh, Chris Howard is a professional golf coach. We recorded with him last Thursday. We are going to use that episode as a bank episode to post on the week of the 23rd so that we could have the entire week to get ready. We're still doing that. Uh, Instead, we're giving you a best of next week. So it'll be the best of a handful of some of our favorite episodes and some of our favorite moments on the show. For a lot of you who are new to us, um, it'll be a nice little rewind for you to see why all of our OGs are still riding or dying with us. Um, So something crazy happened with the episode this week. Um, None of the audio like came through. Um, Probably my fault usually is. Um, so instead, like I said, we're giving you Chris Howard. Here is Chris Howard. What the fuck is up, everybody? It is another episode of Honestly Oversharing. Things are a little bit different this week. Um, we uh, This is a banked episode. Just going to be you know full disclosure here. Um, but uh, this is a banked episode. It is the week of us doing the show for the first time at Thumb Brewery. Super excited about it. Uh, just wanted to make sure that we took the entire week to ourselves um, so that we could get ready for it. Um, But we wanted to make sure that you guys had an episode to listen to. Um, Really cool episode here for you today. We have somebody with us. We're missing a couple people, but we have somebody with us, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, uh, But uh, before we we dive any more into it, oh, yeah, we have Grinding Your Gears, um, and... uh, we're, I, this is going to be a fun episode. I think, I think we're going to get a little, it's, we're going to have some moments. Um, before we jump into it, I have one question. Is everybody ready? Let's go. You let me say the let's go. You do this. <laughs> let's go. You're now listening to the most mediocre podcast on the planet. Honestly, over sharing. Welcome to the Thunderdome, bitch. Welcome to the Thunderdome, bitch. It is another episode of the most mediocre podcast on the planet. Honestly, oversharing. That was really loud in my fucking headphones. I do want to let you know at this point, I'm just doing that to piss you off here and there. I know. Well, stop because I'm going to punch you in the throat. I'm just kidding. I won't. All right. So we uh, didn't do Joe Corner today because Billy is not here. Um, Apparently, he has a life where that the podcast doesn't revolve around and i quote i have shit to do is what he told me he gets stuck in the toilet again he said to go to his parents and some shit to do so i have no idea what that means Hmm. okay um anyways uh we got beer this week it is um from a brewery that a lot of people know um it's uh super crisp very refreshing um, it is one of our favorites and least favorites all at the same time. Hey, it's a little bit of bush. It's bush light this week. We didn't get too crazy with it. Um, Rob, what are you drinking? Oh, this week my work's been making me do a lot, and they've been taking me out at night, and they've been handing me all these fucking fancy drinks, <laughs> and I've kind of been enjoying them. But there's nothing better than Bud Light. nice oh that was a good one i was really wondering where he was gonna go with that i'm like he could be drinking liquor he could not be drinking because he's been going out every night but i liked it well yeah so um we have a guest here with us we'll just jump right into it um before we get to introducing the guest guest 
what are you drinking currently? Oh, Coors Light. Oh, wow. You you know, I didn't have one on me, but I have a bunch of my fridge, and now that everyone's drinking, I feel I need to take one out. It sounds like a good idea. <laughs> make sure the mountains blue. Yeah, make sure the mountains are blue. We don't we 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 don't like blue balls, but we love blue mountains. That is the stupidest but most awesome thing ever put on a beer can. I mean, you know when it's cold. No, I know. It, it, it's like the only reason I like it is when you buy awesome. them warm. And yeah, and then you get, you get to, see to a change. party and no, not to see oh. them change. I'm not six. Um, <laughs> but when you get them warm and you show up to a party because like you're like, oh shit, I didn't grab beer, and the only cases they have are warm ones. And you like get there and you throw it in the fridge. You know exactly how quick you can pull the first one out of the fridge. Right, right, you know right. What I mean, that's the only reason. Very functional reason. Um, all right, so let's get to our guest here. Hailing from dirty down Vegas, hailing from where the sun always shines and the heat is turned up to a million. A man who has one of the worst looking golf swings, but also the best golf swing I have ever seen. He's played a little puck. He's had a okay amount of luck. I had to throw a rhyme in there. It's my man. The guy who's taught me to be an average. I was a shitty golfer, but now I'm an average golfer. It is Chris Howard. Chris, how the hell are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me, boys. And I think your, uh, your swing's getting a little bit better than average. You're on my Instagram account. Yeah. Chris, I need uh, to get an appointment with you because I cannot hit a driver to save my fucking life, and I really want to. Well, hey, I'm coming back to Detroit next year for sure. Well, you we'll, wanna, we'll be in touch. Do you have any? Do you have any dates for your next? Uh, any dates for your next uh, tour yet, or are they are we NDAing that? Um, I I will be there in May, I believe. I I, I actually do have my dates. Um, for my big uh, fifth anniversary tour next year, mm-hmm. I'm all planned out. I got that whole tour planned out, but I don't know it off the top of my head. I have so many cities beforehand, but uh, uh, there's a golf school in Detroit happening next spring for sure. Oh, a whole school. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's fucking dope. Okay, right, so fun. let's let's before we dive too deep into that, Chris, tell us what the fuck you do for a living. I teach golf, man. I teach really good players. I teach a lot of really good uh, college players, high school players, a couple uh, professional players. Um, yeah, I, that, that's my gig. I travel all over doing it. It's a, it's a good time. He coached an Instagram, uh, model. He, I teach for those two. <laughs> yeah. And he coaches, do you still coach Dexter? Uh, I do. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's on the men from his, uh, ACL injury suffered in like the fifth game of the year, but Dexter Fowler. Yeah, I, yeah. I got a couple celebrities. Hell yeah. Yeah, see, yeah. Rob knows who Dexter Fowler is. So, um, Chris, wh- how long have you been a golf coach? Jeez. So, I mean, I started when I was a little kid, um, like 16 teaching. I, I guess a teenager, not a little kid. Um, then I took a few years off in my early 20s to just work on Bourbon Street, and I got back into it. So I've probably taught for like 16 years of my life. Hold on. You have lived – in, we're gonna, I'm in gonna, New Orleans, and now you're in Vegas. I'm going to get there in a second because wow. this guy's life is wild. That is awesome. Um, yes. So are you are from Louisiana, correct? No, I'm actually from uh, Washington, D.C. 
Oh shit. Yeah. I'm from, that. from DC and, uh, that's where I, I kind of grew up. Dude, I'm, I'm from all over the place. Technically I'm from California. I lived in LA until I was like seven, but I grew up in DC. Then I moved to New Orleans. Well, Rich, you're fired. Yeah. Was, uh... <laughs> that's an easy mistake. I mean, I'm a huge Saints fan. I'm always repping the Saints. Yeah. So huge. Who day? That's a, that's a, uh, that, but New Orleans is my city. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. One place that I look forward to in this world going back to more than anything, it's definitely New Orleans. Well, it's cause I, th- I mean, do you think it's because you spent the majority of your adult life there? Like yeah, adult like party a, I, life? Good, yeah, I spent a good bit of time in New Orleans. Um, and I had a lot of fun in New Orleans. So, you know, and, and it's kind of where my, uh, where, you know, my golf instruction career started to take off. I mean, it didn't, it wasn't nearly at the point it is now, but you know, I got, it's always got something special in my heart and I'll probably end up moving back there at some point in my life. Yeah. I mean, I, have you heard the, the joke that Tom Segura tells about people from Louisiana? I haven't. Okay. So he was like, he he talks shit about Louisiana and he's got a podcast. Like his punchline was like Louisiana. Like that was the whole joke. And he got so much like hate mail and like death threats from people from Louisiana. There was like there was like thirty thousand letters that he got. So he turned like Florida man into And Louisiana. he's like not allowed back there anymore. So he turned like Florida man into Louisiana. Yeah. Or Florida versus Australia yeah. into just Louisiana. Yeah. Well, he primarily talks shit about Cajun people. But it's wild. I I mean, that can be easy. You can't understand a word they're saying. <laughs> Is I'm, it really that bad? I was going to say, from what I've seen on like Discovery Channel, on like Alligator Hunters or whatever yeah. the fuck that show is called, Swamp People, I think. Yes. Yeah, you cannot understand a fucking word they say. I have to, it's the one thing I, that I sometimes watch where I have to turn subtitles on. You got to think, too. They're like trying to find the ones that are the most literate for the right. show. <laughs> That's the bad part. Oh, Okay, so... All right, so golf golf coach since 16. Um, what? Uh, let's talk about the early stuff. Okay, what... What got you into golf? Where where have you been in your life? What brings you to us today? Um, shoot, man. Um, I started playing golf. My uh, my dad took me out when I was like six, and you know, I started playing. I did. I, I played as a kid. Um, when you talk about hockey. That that was my sport growing up. Um, I played competitively in high school. Um, I was a good golfer, but. I wasn't getting D1 college offers. I wasn't a Max Cooper, as you know. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but hockey was, you know, that was my life goal. I wanted to be in the NHL growing up. So, you know, but my dad got me into golf, um, played it, played competitively when I was in high school. And then, uh, you know, the the reason I am the golf pro I am today is because the uh, whole NHL thing didn't work out. And I'm like 22 years old. Uh, I just got done playing juniors. I don't have any contracts was never drafted no nothing and uh i said what the hell am i going to do with my life so i figured i knew a good bit about golf i was a good player you know i shoot in 60 sometimes um so i took a job at a golf course and you know 
which I had done in high school as well. I worked at a golf course when I was a junior and senior in high school, and I taught little kids' clinics when I was 16. So I took a job at a golf course and uh, saw the people out there teaching and said, that looks interesting. I'm going to learn how to do it, and kept grinding for years. I've taught tens of thousands of lessons in my life, and that's how I'm here. Now, has your – because um, for people listening that know anything about like – golf coaches and upper echelon golf coaches. Um, Cause I, I would consider you in that category, Chris, now, especially with your like Instagram pre- uh, uh, presence and like yeah. the types of people that you coach are in the upper echelon section. Like, so if you, if anybody listening knows golf coaches, like there's, there's a bunch of guys who are like really gimmicky, like uh, me and my golf um, there's, and they're just like throwing random shit at you. It's more about like, Oh, look at the new thing we just learned instead of having a specific style. If you want to talk about people who have a specific style and teach it to every single person that they coach, it's like, you think about anybody, like I said, knows anything about golf coaches. You think about like guys like George Gankis, um, or like David Ledbetter, who on what Chris has now told me is on the negative part of that over upper echelon where he's like super famous, but it's like, what the fuck are you teaching people? Um, but Chris has a very specific style and it's not hard for me. It is for some reason, but for like everybody else that he coaches, it's not like overly difficult and to add like a ton of, it's not just about like, I mean, speed is going to happen and you're going to hit the ball a little bit farther. I mean, shit, since I, Chris has been coaching me, it, it, I've increased my irons by at least 25 yards in like every single iron, at least 25 yards. But that's because of the little shit and I'm hitting the ball more pure, like more towards the middle of the face. And it's all just like little shit on like, stop throwing this. So Tell us, tell us kind of how you got to your like specific style. I mean, you know, I, I, I prefer a golf swing that is rotary rotational golf swing, right? That's, that, that's the thing I look, there, there's a million different ways to match that up and do it. Um, but I like a guy who, you know, uh, this is very golf speak, you know, lays the shaft down and, and turns. Right. And, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of golf instructors, you know, George is a big influence, and I'm I'm, I'm not going to shit on David Ledbetter. He, uh, you know, he's a, he was a good instructor and used the information that they had back in the day to the best of his ability. But he put out some books that, if you actually look at them, you know, there's no way that the uh, the golf club is going to do what he says is going to happen in there. If you start to learn the physics and the biomechanics, how the body, you know, works, so. I mean, I, I got to that style, I guess, by years of trial and error, uh, coaching influences. Um, you know, Shaheen Akshiavani is a, a good friend of mine. George Gank is someone I can reach out to. You know, really good coaches, stuff they like. Those are the influences on me. You know, it, I, I, I don't copy their styles, but uh, they definitely have an influence on on what I teach. And I know George is a function of the matchup, so is Shaheen. Um, so we all fit into that category of teaching, but it's just, you know, what I visually what I like, you know, I mean, I look at a golf swing and see a guy who uses his big muscles and just turns versus someone who's like using their hands and flipping at it or, you know, compensating massively with their body for something wrong that's going on with the shaft. 
and I just don't really like that. I just like that guy who can just turn or gal who could just turn and hit a golf ball and smoke it a long way. So, you know, that's how I kind of came up with my preferences in a golf swing. Cause like you, your, your teaching completely changed my whole mental outlook on the whole sport where I was taught by my dad and uh, Chris has taught my dad, like done a, like a mini class for my dad. And your dad, by the way, what's that? Your dad killed it, by the way, yeah, during that lesson. Because I had a really shitty, whole <laughs> shitty day, and I was sweaty as fuck, and my dad showed up, and within the first 10 minutes, Chris was like, do this, this, you're good. And my dad was doing them. And then I want you to know that my dad's handicap uh, shot from a 10 down to a 4. Wow. Uh, towards the end of goal season, so that was unfucking believable um, wow. And it was two things, literally two things. Um, but... I'm, I come from a very long baseball where like it's rotate, like baseball background. So like it's, it's a rotational sport, but it's more like what's moving at the ball rather than around the ball. Here's the thing that makes, and that's the most, that was the most, that's been the most difficult thing for me. This kind of, I guess, gets into one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Chris, and, and not to say there's not a lot of good baseball players who are good golfers because there's a good amount of them out there but it's always baffled me i grew up playing hockey i still play and it's it's a completely different swinging plane than what you're doing for baseball yes i get the hip rotation all that is very similar but the swinging plane to be able to adjust from a more horizontal swinging plane to a more vertical has always baffled me so I, i guess what my question is though is like I've seen a lot of really good hockey players who are also really good golfers. Is it harder for to to teach someone who's grown up playing a sport like baseball where their swinging plane is completely different from what a golf swing would be? Um, I don't. Um, baseball players. It, it, it's funny. I actually just posted on Instagram like ten days ago a video where I was talking about quarterbacks and pitchers. Yeah, he was. It's like that's uh, why quarterbacks uh, and pitchers make or make can make a better golf swing, huh? Yeah, hey, hey, Matt. yeah. It, and I and I and I posted that, and uh, you know I think the throwing motion, if you can learn that, uh, you know, and take that to your trail arm in a golf swing, that is going to put you in a good position with how the shaft moves, and it's going to deliver you generally into a, into a fairly good impact position. So I think people who can think more about throwing versus hitting um, benefit. That's, that's why you, you, with baseball, you see so many good golfing pitchers, right? I mean, the, the hitters always claim it's because they got three days off, but <laughs> you know, that definitely benefits, benefits them. But the, if you look at how baseball players use the ground, right? It's very similar to something you'd see in a, you know, a powerful driver of the golf ball, somebody who's got a lot of speed. It's a very similar motion. You know, you're you're creating a ton of force from the ground. So it I, I there's definitely similarities, um, but it does surprise me, you know, have working with quite a few baseball players. I've never gotten an NHL guy. I got a few that follow me, but never gotten uh them to Take it. I got a few minor league guys uh, in the AHL. Um, 
it, it always surprises me at how they don't swing a golf club like they swing a baseball bat. You know, it gets all arms uh, for a lot of them, for a lot of position players and stuff like that. Versus when they're swinging a baseball bat, they're definitely engaging their body. They're definitely turning their chest. They're definitely engaging the ground. And they just don't do that in the golf swing. That's why, you know, you see a poor thing. So I don't believe in the comment, you know, I'm trying to transfer. Or I have a baseball golf swing. Yeah, gotcha. a baseball golf swing is pretty good. Well, I mean, I, I asked that because they both have very, very similar qualities to a golf swing. Like, sure. Like, like in hockey, yeah, you're you're rotating through your hips. You're, you're rotating through your hips. You're doing that in baseball too. Your stance is a little bit more similar in hockey than it would be in baseball, as far as um, creating a swing plane angle. But in baseball, you're also having your hands together versus in hockey, you have them three feet apart on your stick. So it's like I, th- there's interesting correlations to both of them that I think both actually help. But I, I to me that. Transferring a baseball swing to like a golf swing w- made a little less sense to me, but I guess the way you put it was kind of perfect. And you've got to realize also when you're dealing with athletes like that, they are athletes. Yeah. So if you're an athlete, you can figure things out pretty quickly. Like I, I, I've always thrown out there, it doesn't matter if you're some 80 year old, I can teach you how to hit a golf ball and I can teach you how to do it pretty well, but it's always going to be easier for, you know, somebody who's an athlete, whether it's their mindset their physical ability to pick something up, you know, so they can learn faster than the regular, regular person. And, right. You know, there, there's, there's something to say for hand eye coordination. Like, yeah. Oh, 100%. What were you going to say to me, Rob? I heard you ch- try to chime in there for a minute. I say, don't you think that's kind of got to do with their off seasons too? Cause the sport you're not talking about and which one golfers are like, there's actually like of the major four sports oh, yeah. that's actually really good at golfing is the NBA. Like think about the Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Seth or Seth, Seth Curry is really good. Yeah. Been doing some PGA things. I think it's kind of their off season. Like the ones that can take the summer off and just go golf and work out. Yeah. Have I, more time. I, I, yeah. You're, you're right there. I was just thinking of from sports who, you know, have a similar motion to the, to, to a golf swing. That's kind of why I questioned it that way. I was going back and forth all day on how to word that, whether I shouldn't do all four sports or just, yeah. the, you know, the sports where you're swinging a stick, essentially. Yeah. I feel like if you give a baseball player just as much practice, the issue is in the middle of the season playing a game every yeah. day, basically. Well, and that's why usually, like, pitchers are really good, too, because, uh, one, they have more time, and then, like Chris said, it's more of the, you know, the pronated, out, you know, right. around getting around everything and actually using your entire body. All right, so hockey. We mentioned hockey. You said juniors. We mm-hmm. Billy's cousin. Yep. Plays in the plays in the He uh, played in Windsor. Played, played in Windsor. Not for the Spitfire. It was like a junior A team. There There is a story he told us and it we literally <laughs> called the episode Tubby Takes Toronto. Bubba takes Toronto. Bubba, Bubba, Bubba takes Toronto. Um, and uh, there were blowjobs being given by uh, women he was referring to as whales. <laughs> um, and uh, he also had a weird name for blowjob, too. But anyways. I don't remember what it was. It was probably Canadian He was term. making these grown women who were partying with them. Tricking them into hooking up with a 15-year-old 
And he was like, but these whales. And he just kept saying it like that too. There has got to be a story from your, I mean, because you were a goalie, correct? I was a goalie, yes. So oh, we so know you're, you're fucking then. crazy on the ice. We know that you're screaming shit talking from one net to the other. We know you're doing that. We get yeah. it. We know that you know you've have you have said some you have spoken some sentences to some guys that instead of getting pissed at you they got confused. We know that you've done that. <laughs> what off ice? Tell me you're a goalie without telling me you're a goalie. Like that's that's the that's what I want right now. Well, the the fun thing being a goalie, you know, I, I got some hilarious. One thing about being, you know, I'll give you two stories. One of them, and they both involve bars. Um, um, I forget where we were. I think we were in Pennsylvania, somewhere in like Potsdam, Pennsylvania on a road trip. And uh, I was like 18 at the time. And, you know, we all went in the bars because those, those little hockey towns outside of the big cities, no one, no one gave a shit. They didn't argue or anything. And, uh, and if you needed it, we all had fakes, but, uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember a, uh, one of my, uh, one of my guys started up a fight and the whole bar is fighting. Right. Mm-hmm. I just remember my defenseman and, and just comes over and like, things are being thrown like stools. Like this is a brawl. Like I've never seen anything like this. I'm 18 years old. Right. <laughs> over. And just stands in front of me for this entire fight and won't let me get involved, right? And I'm talking shit. I'm doing everything. And, you know, that whole protect the goalie um, attitude definitely transferred over to that bar fight. And they would not let me get involved in the fight. And anyone who came after me, I I may have actually been chirping and started half the brawl. But uh, it would not let me get involved in it. And... uh, you know, I remember that. That was a crazy hockey night. But uh, my guy, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but my craziest hockey story off the ice. Um, we're in Albany for a uh, for a showcase, right? And uh, by the way, I can't believe that they've gone from uh, talking about uh, puck bunnies and now they're calling them whales. I, mean, I guess those are big puck bunnies, but I do miss the puck bunnies from back. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. from from how he described them, these were some bigger on the plus size puck bunny range. Yes, like well I, into the plus size territory. I like the uh, the the slimmer puck bunnies, but uh, <laughs> so we're we're up in Albany for a uh, um, a showcase, and you know you're going every day for like five days because you're playing a division. You you don't you don't travel back and forth. So all the teams are playing. I think it's over Thanksgiving, right? So I I go out with a few guys um, after the game I play, and we're drinking. And I uh, meet this chick. She's 18. I'm 18. It's awesome. We uh, we end up hooking up. And we go back to her house. She says her mom's out of town. She doesn't get back till the next day. So I go back there, do my thing, you know, roll out, go next day. Uh, I'm off. So I find out that our game the following day is late at night. So me and the boys go back out to the bar because I don't have to play hockey in the morning on the Saturday morning. Um, we we go back out to the bar and there's this like older chick that's probably like 35 to 40 um, drinking at the bar. 
And, uh, you know, one thing leads to another. We're, we're drinking together. I end up going back with this chick. Now, here's where the story gets great, right? So, so this this is two kills in one night then? Am no, two kills. No, no, two different nights. Okay. One, one was yeah. the night before. But <clears throat> the best part about this kill. So we got a taxi. Uh, no Ubers back then, right? And uh, we go back to her house. I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm thinking this neighborhood looks really oh, familiar. I knew this was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> oh shit! So we pull up to the same exact house, and that was Homegirl's mom from the night before. Greatest kill of my life. Two days in a row. Was Dude, home- this home- wait was Homegirl home? No. She was out partying with her friend somewhere else. Honestly, thank God, because I don't think it would have happened for you. Oh, no, it would never have happened. If, uh, no, absolutely she... not. This is kind of crazy that he brought that up, because we talked about a similar situation a couple weeks ago with Q and Link matching with the same Oh, woman. yeah. So one of the guys that's usually on the show, um, he just got a house with his like best friend. And they both are single. And they're both on Tinder at the same time, and they keep matching with the same chicks. And what's really sad is this guy's best friend. He's got the ultimate card. Actually, going on dates and like hooking up with these <laughs> chicks. <laughs> but the whole thing we brought up was like, what would you? What? How would you handle the situation of if Link brought a girl home, and then a couple already, nights later yeah. you bring the same chick home, and it's the same house, same neighborhood, same everything? Like, yeah. how do you handle that situation? It's kind of crazy that you were put through that without them knowing. Well, yeah, I mean, but if that was my boy, I'd just slink out and, and be like, go for it, bro. I don't give a shit. This is Tinder. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, right. See, that's a different situation. Like, you worked way harder. <laughs> yeah. I went mom and daughter. Uh, on back-to-back days. Now, you know, I feel that, like nobody has asked the most important question, who is better? <laughs> oh, mom. Okay, good. That's what I was by hoping, a, to be honest. Uh, by a mile. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that goes back to the guys' infatuations with, like, MILFs, though. Like, yeah. You know, age brings experience, you Listen, know? you can't call it a stereotype if it's true, right? Right. Well, it's very... Daughter laid there like a dead fish. Mom was not a dead fish. Yeah, mom had fun with you, didn't she? She like she was like, nah, you fucking lay down. Yeah. You she want was, a fucking she... juice box, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> that was a hockey bar, you know? Yeah. She, like you like when you'd go to some of these towns, man, like there would be people there that was just there to meet hockey players, just to bang them that that night and then never talk to him again. Right? Like the fucking it, truck stops that you see in movies. Where there's just hookers all over the place. Yeah. That, oh, was, it, that was the whole it's, of these bars. It's like they, that. It's like that in every hockey city. You go somewhere and, you know, whether it's juniors or pros or, you know, ECHL, AHL, NHL, they all, every, dude, when the every wings were place good? in that city has a spot where the, where the guys go after the game and the women are there just to get with when, them. When the wings were good, it was every bar was like that. Oh, yeah. Every bar was fucking like that. Well, even if the wings are terrible, if you go in there and you, you're actually in the NHL, you're not just some junior. Well, yeah. But you're not going to be having too hard of a time pulling something out of there. No. We, we had an interesting hockey story apparently happened. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. Are we allowed to talk about it? You might get in shit. 
I don't care. Are we like legally allowed to talk about it? I mean, I haven't seen anything about right, it in so the news. So I wouldn't Cider. say we can't. So Moritz Cider, like the number one prospect in all of hockey right now, right? For sure, number one prospect in Detroit. Yeah. Top okay, five. in Detroit. In Detroit. Top five. Okay. He's in Detroit now. Um apparently my ex she she works at a bar down there, like a really nice like five star restaurant, and she's a bartender. Apparently, he came in, fucking drank three bottles of wine, and tried to hook up with every chick in this five star restaurant. Like not a hockey bar, not a bar where you could get rowdy, like a five star sit down, like they got a 48 ounce tomahawk on the menu. And he was like nabbed up by like five, six, nine dudes and take and pulled out of the restaurant. I don't know if I believe it though, because we, I think you would have seen something about it. But I feel, I feel like, do you, were you, do you think you were more confident? going into a bar as a junior hockey player than you think you would have be you would have been if you weren't a junior hockey player? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean when I was younger, I was not confident going up and talking to chicks at all. But, you know, I mean, as you know about me now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I do I, I don't really have any problems with that. Um but yeah, I I, I think, you know, on the I think playing hockey or or any sport in that environment, you know, it it it, it instills the confidence in you, you know. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think I I think definitely for sure. And, and not to get like political or anything here, but do you think that's why a lot of these guys, like especially the younger ones, you find like end up getting in trouble because of the confidence that comes with all that? could i mean but it's a uh it's it's a uh a way different day and age too yeah, true now than it used to be so you know you, you know i never i never did anything in my whole life i i have never had a you know anybody say anything about me negatively in that yeah. way like a questionable experience there's yeah, those guys I, in every I, sport though too I've well, never had that, but in the day of social media, you know, you do something stupid, then you are, you know, yeah, taking. Uh, we've all shit in our life. I, I just, when I was growing up doing stupid shit, I didn't have to worry about a, uh, a, a camera seeing me do it and then having it stick with me for the rest of my life. Yeah, true. Yeah, that well, is that is pretty wild too. Because when were you in juniors? Oh, two thousand three to oh five. Shit, that's probably why that was like at the height for like goalies too, for like really fucking good goalies in the NHL. Yeah, I had no chance. I was gonna, say, <laughs> I was gonna say because you were like, oh, I did. I thought you were offered a contract, but thinking about when you got out of juniors, yeah, there was a lot of really there was good a goalies. lot of really fucking good goalies in the NHL. Then, Robert, you got any questions? You've been kind of quiet. At this point, I was going to ask more about golf, but I feel like that was a long ass time ago. At this point, I mean, you could go back to it. It's what he does for a living. I mean, I feel like. Yeah, no, I was just wondering. Do you like a? Oh, like do you work at like a course, or how did? How do you? Are you above that? Like, what is the whole? I don't understand. Like, I had a pro. He did play on like the senior tour, 
he was just like a coach at like courses or at courses. Sure. So like the golf pro, like what, do, what is exactly that you do and, and I, how is it different than that? So, I mean, you have a lot of coaches who are, you know, if you, if you go down to your regular golf course and, and I do this too, um, you have a lot of people who would be like the pro at the golf course, which basically means they run the golf course and then they teach lessons on the side. I own my own academy, um, which is at Las Vegas golf club. I have people teaching underneath me. Um, and, uh, you can get lessons with me there, but I don't actually work for the course. I work for a fantastic company. The people that I work for are amazing. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't do it, but I, you're never, you don't see me checking in golfers and then going out and teaching golfers. I used to do that back in the day when I started, but now I just full-time teach, make my schedule and show up to teach when I want to. And then I have people teaching for me, you know, that's how it works. I travel all around teaching. So, you know, like when I go to Detroit, I call the golf course and say, Hey, do you mind if I teach there for a day? I'm doing a golf school, work something out with them then show up and, and teach it and go on to the next city and do that there. So the courses on the road, I don't really have any affiliation with them. I talk to the general manager, the director, the owner, whatever, and set something up and go out there um, for the day. But my affiliation would be Las Vegas Golf Club. You've been able to kind of like separate and make your own career out of it rather than having to work for the club yourself. Correct. I, 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 I have a, I have a lease with the, with the course I'm at. So I give them money and then I can teach there and I can do my academy. So that's how it works versus I'm on the payroll. And then in my free time, I go teach. So are your rates different? Like in depending on your location or do you kind of just maintain a solid rate? Cause I'm thinking like, you know, when you're doing co- uh, lessons in Vegas, you know, you could probably get away with upcharging a little bit. And then like, if you come to a city like Detroit, as much as I love it, it tends to be a little bit more of a lower income, a little bit city. Does it kind of vary based on the area you're in? Or are you like a solid price guy? Solid price guy. Um, you know, actually Vegas is a little bit cheaper because I don't have to travel. So there's no real expenses, you know, other than my, you know, academy expenses. And I have a lot of players here. So, I mean, it's it's less expensive than on the road. But, you know, when I, when I travel out to – let's say I'm doing a – I will say Detroit's one of my better cities. I never – I sell out Detroit before I even before I even announce it, right? I'll, I'll literally DM my guys, and I have a wait list of, like, five people in Detroit. So Detroit's a really good golf city for me. Um, but I keep it consistent. And, and – there's there's a golf school is five people so i don't have to you know go out and hope to uh to find people you know i mean i I don't i don't have to i don't have to have a huge population of people who can afford me right it's only five people so every city has people that are well enough off and golfers are generally well enough off to afford me so that's a good point actually i didn't think about that yeah um do you know what do you know a golf course you're doing the golf school at or are you doing it at mickey's uh it, i it, i love mickey's and i've had what dude i've been coming there for what four years now yeah four years this will be uh <clears throat> the last lesson will be my last lesson there because i need an actual golf course to do the school at. Yeah. i need better facilities i don't have the uh 
I, I, I'm starting to put together, like I'm, I'm, I'm in February right now putting courses together. I'm, I'm working on my Australian tour right now, trying to find courses to host me out there. So I, I haven't got you just fucking yet. say Australia. You know, I'm, I'm supposed to go there in February. It was, it was crazy before COVID. I had just announced that I was going to come there and I literally sold out Sydney, Melbourne and, uh, oh my God. Did you just say, hold on. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Chris, did you just say fucking Australia? Yeah. So let's I, jump I, to that. This motherfucker does really well on Instagram. Mr. Really, Mr. Worldwide up in here now. Wrist. <laughs> he does really well on Instagram, like really fucking well. Do you attribute a lot of your success? I mean, obviously you you have skill at being a golf co- coacher. Like people would tell you, go fuck off. Do you yeah. attribute a lot of your success at being good at Instagram? Um, I could be a lot better. Uh, you know, I'm friends with, uh, I think, I think I'm lucky. I think people just take to, you know, I mean, I pretty much just post my clients. That's all I do. Yeah. I think people do it, but you know, I mean, Shaheen's always giving me shit. It's like, dude, look at my account versus yours. It's like way bigger because I actually do. He'll explain a lot of stuff and, and, you know, do everything right. And my posts are basically, yo, here's Rich killing it in Detroit. Well, and I'll put it. It's winning. different though, because it's just him. You know what I mean? He has time to explain some shit. Sure. Well, and and that's what I think is kind of cool though, too, because like I I I do follow you on Instagram. Instagram, I have for about a year now. Um, but like, so like I watch a lot of the stuff you post. I think it's awesome that you're posting your clients on there and showing. You know, you're kind of showing their improvement throughout the lesson. But then I also follow guys on like TikTok, for example, like uh, Mono Teaches Golf, yeah. Spanish dude, lives in America, but he just he he. It's when he's out there playing around, he gets himself into situations, and he makes a funny ass educational video out of it. So do, I'll tell you, you, Chris's best posts are when he has his college kids and he or high school slash college kids, and he's just talking shit to him the whole time. Do Do you know the true story about Manello? No, I don't. I just I just found him on TikTok, and I just think his videos are fucking hilarious. And I've actually learned he, a couple things. He, uh, that's all an act. Oh yeah, he's an actor. Yeah, that he he created the accent. He created a character, just for social. It's obviously working very well. But he's an yeah. actor who actually used to be. He may still be a golf pro. I, I don't know what. I, obviously, he still does. But that is a complete character. If you listen to him, there, there's. There's conversations with him outside of that. He's just a totally normal dude who doesn't speak like that at all. He sounds just like you or me. See, that's you know? so fucking crazy. Awesome character. Yeah, uh, One of the guys on Instagram posted one of his uh, like acting things where he's just talking normally, um, you know, trying to do something you'd send off to studios and it's public and it got taken down. But, uh, you know, he just well, sounds yeah, normal. Huge, you know, blows your mind when you hear him talk because you see him on Instagram doing that. It's pretty cool. I mean, props to that guy. I was gonna say it kind of makes sense. Like, if you can get yourself into a spot like that where you can pull off the accent and make kind of make a joke out of it, but be serious at the same time, like make it entertaining. Right. It's kind yeah. of a brilliant idea. Absolutely, he's really entertaining. It's yeah. fun to watch. I think he's your pretty- lane's a little bit different, though, Chris, than a guy like him. Or sure. even that Robin Will- Robin 
Robin Williams. Robin. Yeah, that guy. You know what I'm talking about. So yeah, a- they te- they'll teach you things that they've learned and like, here's what I do. You know what I mean? Or like make a joke out of it. I think what's and why I was like, I'm drawn to videos like the ones that you make because I feel like I actually learned something and you actually get to see the progress. So what Chris does is he's like, this person came to me today. Either it's the first time or they've been with me a few times. Here's something that they either randomly just picked up and I don't know how, or here's something that we're continuing to work on. And then he shows you a couple drills and then shows you this is how like fucking 25 minutes of drills changes completely. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it is crazy. Yeah. Chris, you, I mean, I don't Chris probably remember, might not remember our first, like the f- first time we did a lesson, but I'm way dumped under. So I like my whole body just dumps. It's all arms. And I was just like, I thought because I was making a divot in front of the ball, I was doing a good job. Right. I, I actually do remember your golf swing, believe it or not. I, I, I have a good memory of a lot of my player swings. I mean, you were one of – Detroit was one of my first cities outside of, you know, the Californias and the Texases. Like I had been going to them for a while in Florida. But when I decided I was just going to say fuck it and, and go all over the place, Detroit was one of the first ones. So you were one of my first. Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah, because you messaged me about it because I would, like, comment stupid shit on Chris's uh, Instagram page <laughs> on, like, any of his posts. Like, dumb shit. No way. I don't and, believe it. Um, so <laughs> he was like, hey, saw you're from Michigan. Um, you know, I got a couple dates. Like, do you want to do this date this time? Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. I didn't realize you came all the way out here. That's yeah. awesome, though. And it was huh? hot. And fuck, it started out nice and cold because it was, what, 9.30 in the morning? And then it got yeah. hot and fucking sticky. What, was it spring? No. no. Oh, I can't, I can't, when, wait, when was that? That was, God, that was... It's like July? Oh, in in uh, uh, in July. Yeah, it was cold. It was like I was saying, that kind of sounded like spring or fall in Michigan. Like, you wake up and it's 20 degrees. No, it was like it was like sixty. And by the time you go to bed, it's eighty five. And because the video, the video that he has of me on his Instagram, I have a crew neck on in shorts. Yeah, it, it was it was definitely summer, but you were the first client of the day that day. Yeah, and it got it got miserable real quick. That was a fun tour, man. That like I went I went Detroit for Detroit for a day, Chicago, a lot of places like Pittsburgh. You know, a lot of places that I never thought I'd be teaching golf, and here I am selling out. Yeah, I'll, that kind of just motivated me to, you know, jump out. Like I, I had done Texas before; I'd gone to Houston and Dallas, um, and I had done a lot of California cities. I'd done Florida, but those were places I knew I, I had a big base. And yeah, I was like, and I had repeatedly gone to those places. Like I did the golf school Shaheen and all that years mm-hmm. ago. You know, so. Throwing it out there and going to fucking Detroit of all places, like, and selling it out. I was like, man, this 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 is something I can do. So you know, this is a I'm- question to lead into a question. Were you? So it sounds like you were what? What? Basically, your description of it. You were surprised that you sold out Detroit the first time. Sure, and it and it has now become one of my best cities. Like, okay, because it, it's it's a full day. So. Easy- you market. might not probably, think so because our golf season is shorter than like a lot of cities that you go to, right? Our golf yeah. season is like 
three three and a half months at the most. Sure. Michigan is one of the biggest golf cities in the U.S., and it's for a couple of reasons, because the Ryder Cup's been at Oakland. Second most golf courses in the U.S. Second most golf courses in the U.S. The UP, and we've been there, like, we played at a cheap course, and it was one of the nicest courses I've, one of the nicest courses I've ever played. Like, it, you have it's beautiful the entire state. I mean, like, I remember going up, when I was younger, when I was playing high school golf, we did a family reunion up in uh, Mackinac oh, Island. And uh, I played golf either going up or coming back. And the golf course was just obscenely beautiful with my dad. And I was just like, and my uncles. And I was like, okay. Like, Michigan's got some some amazing golf. You, it's you a really huge, do. huge golf, golf state. Huge do, golf state. Do you know Michigan's... Home to the longest par five in the world, I think. It's either in the, it might be the country, but I, I think it's the world. Really? I didn't know that. Wait, how long? It seven hundred. It's uh, yeah, it's right around seven hundred. It's like six hundred and eighty yards. It's right. It's actually right around us. It's um, really? Yeah, I can't think of the name of the course off the top of my head now. But yeah, it's it's in Metro Detroit. I think it's like in like Plymouth or Northville. Hmm. You think uh, Max Cooper could get there in two? Oh, 100%. This motherfucker. All right, let's talk about this dumbass, because I know he's going to fucking listen to this. And he is the biggest tool on accident I've ever met in my entire life. Like, he does things, you're like, what a fucking tool. And then he starts talking, you realize that he's a golden retriever stuck in a man's body. I, uh, this fucking dumbass. We're doing the lesson and he's helping. You know, I've seen his swing on Instagram because he's one of Chris's like longtime clients, still client. He's playing D1 golf. Um, but is the first, like I've only seen him on Instagram and I was like, oh shit, Max, what's up? And this, we finished my lesson and my dad gets up and Chris is teaching him whatever the fuck he's teaching him. Max goes, you want to have a long drive contest? And I go, Max, you don't have your driver here. Mine's a little bit more flexible than yours. You might be uncomfortable. Yes, I want to have a long drive contest. Quickly forgetting that my lesson, Chris was very frustrated with me because I was <laughs> I just couldn't fucking get this one uh, little I, thing down. Frustrated with a client. I wasn't frustrated with you. I knew it would click. I know. It ended up, it ended up clicking right at the end. But driver's a different story for me because I end up just swinging as hard as I can. Just on purpose. Like everybody. Yeah. And I was like, Max, fuck you. I can do this. And he was like, want to put $10 on it? I said, yeah, I do. And so I, um, we get up there and I hit my first one decent. It had a little bit of a, like a, a, in between a fade and a slice, it was a slice. And I was like, I don't think that's very far. I'd rather hit a, I don't think it's very far. I'd rather hit a straight one. And then I, Proceeded to duck hook the next four. So it's like, okay, Max, if you can hit it past the first one, you're good. This, you know how Mickey's backs to some woods at like 310? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This motherfucker hit four straight golf balls. So far, we never saw him come down. You want to know why? Because they were in the fucking woods. These balls, how high do you think he was hitting those? He was, because of the the shaft, he was hitting them higher than usual, but he was... He was bombing some of them. I mean, yeah. straight up bombs. Like probably carrying like three thirty. Jesus. He uses on his driver one of these stiffest shafts you can get. 
You know, okay. It's I, a light one, though. He's kind of a pussy. I've wanted to ask a golf pro this because there's a guy most people probably heard of him. His name is Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. Um, and, and he goes about golf completely differently. And I only want to kind of go into one of these aspects of it. But do you think there's something to this even or uh, equal length clubs? Like, because um, me, it kind of makes sense. Like, you you get into the same swing pattern. You're not adjusting it based on the length of the club. You're getting into a very similar swing pattern on just about every shot, and it would just be easier to get used to or memorize, however you want to word it. It just seems like to me, it could be something that actually has some merit to it. In theory. Uh, I know a lot of people who like it. I know a lot of people who absolutely hate it. Uh, I don't like it. I hate the feel of one length. You know, holding a freaking sand wedge that's up to your, you know, belly button just just does not feel right to me. I was I was chipping with uh, some one lengths in San Francisco about a month ago, and I'm just trying to hit shots. And I was like, let's see if I can flop this thing, right? I thinned it so bad, it probably went about 130 yards. <laughs> I mean, great. And then I chunked it. And the, like, I could not, for the life of me, get used to it. Like, I could go and pick up any other player's wedge, and I might screw up the first time just getting the feel of their wedge. But within, like, two or three swings, I'll groove it. I'll know what I'm going for. Um, I don't remember if I jumped in with you guys when you were doing that little close to the pin with the wedge. You did. Yeah, you had we we had a fifty four. Yeah, I uh, I jump in and I hit your wedge one time and I win. I yeah, beat Max. Yeah, remember that, Max, if you hear this. Yeah, um, <laughs> Max and I kept shanking him. If I uh, if, if I tried to do that with a one length, I could never do it. So it's not for me. I'm not saying it's not for other people. I like the idea of it for my longer clubs, but I'm with Chris. Like, I'm I'm very I'm this year. I uh, was very precise with my with my wedges. It was my best like short game year of my entire life. Like I had, uh, man, I was counting for the longest time. I had seven chip ins from when I like last like took count this year, which I think is very fucking good for me at least. If you wait, how if, many chip ins did you have? I had seven this entire year that I like can remember. Fuck yourself. I'm really good short game. Really good short game. The minute you put anything bigger than an eight iron in my hand, it goes a little wonky. Um, but uh, I am with you, Chris. Like if you gave me a 54 degree, let's say 54 degree wedge that was as long as a seven iron, there's a hundred percent chance I'm hitting that motherfucker 190 on accident. Yeah, exactly. You well, you you want to feel bad about your seven chippings? Yeah. You know what uh, Colton did in his last tournament? Um, uh, yeah. Down in, uh, in his last college tournament? What do you have? He holed out from 200 plus yards in back-to-back rounds. <laughs> Holy shit. Yep. I felt really... Hey, do you know that my average putts uh, for nine this year was... Oh, I told uh, Max the other day. My average putts for nine was uh, nine. No, not 19. What the fuck was it? Oh, my God. It was really impressive. Oh, I had no. It was seven straight weeks in my golf league where I had um, I had uh, fucking 13 putts, average putts. I was going to say, if it's 19, that's pretty no, it's, fucking. T- no, it's really, really bad. 
Well, and I know, I, I know, thirteen was was good for me. It was I had a shit ton of I I hit a seventy eight footer. Uh, I texted you about the sixty five footer. It's like I just made a sixty five footer for birdie. And you're like, yeah, I don't fucking believe it. <laughs> well, I believe you should do it at least once a week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least once a week. <laughs> well, it's like me. I, I I've thought about doing it at least for my irons. I wouldn't want to touch my wedges because I'm really confident in my wedges. I really like how I hit them and I get them pretty damn close. But just from the side of the irons for doing the the even length, like finding like a nice middle ground, like a five or a six, and just setting them all at that. Uh, I was just I've I've kind of thought about it since he started doing it, and my dad's like, "You're fucking nuts." It's, there's a reason why he's the only person on tour doing it, and. He may have a point to that, but it, it just theoretically the whole one length club makes a lot of sense. I think you'll see some some younger kids coming up that are doing it now. I, I I think when you're when you're a tour player, I mean that was that was pretty out of the box when he did it. You know he did it coming out obviously, but yeah, um, you know back then to just think of that. I, I'm friends with his original coach Mike. Um, and, you know, just to even think of that, where, where Mike came from with that to recommend it, you know, it's out the box. So most of these tour players never even thought of that growing up, right? Yeah, true. You know, a tour player is pretty much developed into their patterns by the time they're 16, 17, 18 years old. They can get better and you teach them how to win and you clean them up in their own pattern, right? But you're never going to go and, you know, I'm never going to go work with, Webb Simpson and completely change his motion, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't take them from being a tour player to being hanging out with you guys playing, yeah. right? So, you know, I don't think the reason you don't see any tour players doing it is because their patterns are so ingrained. They would have to be in such a slump that they got desperate to make a change like that, yeah. right? You know, but I think you're seeing some kids developing in that. But it also gets hard because none of the none of the manufacturers that I'm aware of that make kids kids clubs uh, for little kids have that. So, you know, they all develop a normal club. So you're going to have to find kids that are like 12, 13 years old that just jump into that thought and they love bright do it. So I'm sure you'll see a kid or two, but I don't think it's going to be in 10 years. Every tour player is going to have a one leg club. Yeah. It's not going to spread. Where'd you, uh, where'd you play your junior hockey at? Uh, in Virginia, I played for the Virginia Statesman back in the day. We what are. We're, what league was they're, that? There, I don't know what they're called, um, but we were in the old CHL, the old Continental Hockey League. Okay, back, that's that's gone too, I believe. I believe it, it is, is too now, but yeah, I know what league you're talking about. That was years ago, but you know how those junior leagues work. They all, they, I mean, they all go uh, every level of junior hockey. In America, I mean, obviously in Canada, you know, the OHL and the Quebec and, you know, the Western, they're not, they're not going anywhere. Right. But in America, you know, fuck those teams outside. Like we literally would play in front of 200 people, you know, and yeah. they didn't have to their home games. So, and we were, we were a newer team when I was playing for them. Um, you know, even though it was high level junior hockey, you know, you don't have the same enthusiasm that you do in Canada. So you get some rich guy to come out and fund your team. And as soon as he gets tired of funding it, your team goes bankrupt. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I, I mean, I realize that's what happened. And like the OHL, QMJHL, WHL, all those, 
they're selling out ten thousand seat arenas. You know? Oh really? Oh, oh yeah. What was that? The teams the, the the people that own those teams are making bank off. Them. Oh hell yeah. They're very profitable, but you know, I, there are teams. You know, you go up into you know Maine, you go up into uh, you know Massachusetts, where you're at, Michigan, you know Minnesota. You know, I, I know the Tri Cities in uh, in Washington State; th- those are profitable junior teams. But yeah. get outside of those places that are just crazy hockey hotbeds. You know, they're not making any money. I have a client that moved here from Vermont because she said it it was a move for my kid's hockey career. Oh yeah, he's sure. he's seventeen now. He's on skates. He's six six, um, one hundred ninety five pounds, and he's a defenseman. That can go blue line to blue line and some crazy number. Well, yeah, I mean around here, the top, um, the, the, the top level triple family did that. He just got picked up by uh, Nova Scotia. It, are you talking NHL? A- OHL. OHL. Uh, Starts with an F. Is there one with an F? I can't remember off the. But top anyways, of my head. they were like big ass fucking teams, and it was like a big deal. Yeah, I mean, like when people people move here to to especially Metro Detroit to play for like two teams. It's it's Honeybake AAA mm-hmm. and then Victory Honda AAA. Yeah, those are all like the two top AAA programs in the in the yeah not only in Michigan but in the country. They're stupidly yeah. well and Little Caesars. Yeah, Little Caesars is also up there. But so I, I know as all of us here, we all played sports: baseball, soccer, hockey, whatever it is. I know in hockey, I have a certain way I have to get dressed. It's my superstition oh, when I put my uniform question. on. W- goalies have some of the weirdest superstitions. <laughs> like, I was just watching uh, the All or Nothing on the Toronto Maple Leafs. They picked up a goalie, uh, Mike Riddick from Calgary. Before his first game with Toronto, he asked the goalie coach to put two pucks right in his face. Like, hit the face mask, you know, then I'm ready to go. What were your superstitions? We all know goalies are the weird guys in the locker room. I didn't have them. Really? Nope. I I break the mold on uh, on every goal. I mean, you know, I I did the traditional like you know I'd always tap my post, but everyone's like, "Oh, you're doing that for good luck." It's like, no, I tap my post so I know where the fuck I'm at when I'm in the <laughs> net. You, you lose you lose where you're at in the net. Anybody can score on you, right? So you know you'd see me do that, but that that was just so I knew where I was at. I never had any any superstitions growing up i've never been a superstitious person i just i just showed up put on my stuff went for it and tried to stop the puck and if i did i did if i didn't i didn't i didn't you know i mean i that that goes into golf too like i try and impart that mentality on all my kids you know when it comes to hitting a golf ball but with hockey like i never really i never i mean i cared you know i wanted to win i wanted my team to win um but i never thought I had to do something one way or the other to be able to do it, you know. So here, here's here, here's one question, and and I, I the when it came up a few years ago, I started noticing it in uh, in my beer league play, and, and I think the Kachuk brothers brought this up, which was, do you put your skates on before you put your pants on or after? Uh, after. Okay, I, I think there's a lot of people who are starting to do it reverse and it's really weird and it bothers me when i when i see couldn't someone you, do couldn't it couldn't you cut your pants you can you can that's why i don't do it 
but there's a I, lot of people. Always, uh, um, I, I, I always put on, uh, on the, the pants. I mean, obviously the cup and all that shit. Cause as a goalie, you know, putting that on is a fucking ordeal. Uh, <laughs> pants, and then the, uh, and then the, uh, and then the, the skates. There's another funny hockey story. We're playing, uh, in a, uh, meaningless fucking game against Frostburg University, right? Up in Maryland. Um, just like a Wednesday night game. I had to drive all the way up to Frostburg. And uh, I started, and somehow, I think I, you know, you got to air out your gear. It fucking stinks. I forgot to put my goalie cup in my bag. Oh, I, we've so, all made that mistake. Oh, my God. But, I mean, taking shots, you know, I mean, Luckily, they weren't that good, so you know I st- I still shut them out. But uh, I went into the pro shop. I'm like, "You guys got goalie cups?" They're like, "No, we sell regular cups." I'm like, "Fuck!" So I put on a regular cup, and like, you know, the whole area is fucking exposed, right? Oh yeah. If you take a shot to the dick through goalie pants or anything into a regular cup, you're gonna feel that shit, right? Yeah. Well, and, 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 hold on a second, Chris. But you guys may not know about goalie cups is they literally cover your whole fucking groin like oh really oh yeah they're they're big it's like like what pl- skaters wear is what you would pretty much wear in yeah, just about every is. other sport but in in hockey it covers it it literally covers this whole area right here it's it's massive that's fucking crazy thanks yeah so i i i, I forget it i go in and buy a uh, um regular cup and and there was no backup goalie that night, which I don't remember why he couldn't make it. You know, we brought like a skeleton crew up there. I don't even know why the game was scheduled. You know, I didn't get home until like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Fosburg, Maryland's almost in Pennsylvania. But yeah. uh, go up there, no cup. I play the whole game, just covering my dick with my bo- my blocker pad the whole time. And if anyone had figured out that all they had to do was shoot at my right side to get a goal. <laughs> Not a single shot went back blocker side, and I managed to shut them out. We won like 3 nothing, 4 nothing, something like that. But that was the most ridiculous hockey game I've ever played on ice. That's honestly terrifying to know that, like, what a goalie cup actually covers. Well, me as a skater. And it, to know that none of that was covered? Me as a skater, yep. if I went into a rink without a, with a pro shop and they were just happened to be sold out of cups, I'm not playing. I will not play that game. So the fact that you literally... I didn't wear a cup in football. So the fact... That's insane to me, too. The fact that you literally had the balls to go out there with a, just a regular cup on is insane. <laughs> I didn't give a fuck, man. I was the only goalie there. I wasn't going to... I've always been a team player. I was never going to let... My team lose a game. Although, I mean, I would have if they knew where to shoot the puck. <laughs> Luckily, figured it out. I was going to go stand out there and do my damnedest, man. I wasn't going to get. I wasn't going to take a shot to the dick, though. My blocker glove was literally <laughs> on top of it. I went paddle down on every save. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, let's jump into the segment here. So, Matt, uh, for the first time in a long time, has a uh, grinding your gears, Matt. What do you have to be full of piss and vinegar? This is going to start with a question for each God, one of like you. I feel like my dad saying that. And, and I'm going to ask Chris first. What is the most you would pay for a slice of cake? Zero, oh. zero dollars. I don't like cake. 
I like cupcakes. I pay a lot of money for some fucking cupcakes. It's the same fucking thing. No, it's not. It's not. And don't tell me it is because the fucking frosting to cake ratio, way different. Okay. Chris, what would you pay for a, for a slice of cake? Well, I mean, there's two different Chris's you're talking about. Chris is, the new Chris is getting ripped again. Um, so no dollars right now. Fat Chris, 100 bucks. Okay, Rob, how much would you pay for a piece of cake? I feel like a hundred. Hold on. Let's, okay, we'll comment on it after. Hold on, we'll comment on it. There's all a reason this I have no comment. Rob, Rob, how 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 much? Five bucks. Five bucks, Matt. You. I'm with Rob here. I would say five like bucks. five bucks. Okay, Chris, a hundred fucking dollars. Hold on, hold on. You weren't no. that fucking fat. We'll get to that. There's a reason why I didn't react to that. Okay. So you all know who Princess Diana is. She died in the car crash. Yeah. You know, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. A piece of her wedding cake went up for sale this summer. Oh, I saw that. Do you guys know how much this thing sold 10 for? Ten grand. Ten thousand dollars. Yeah. One piece of cake. I'm shocked. Oh no, it looks pristine. It's been in a cake like a so basically what they did was they cut out slices of this cake and put them in like there's no oxygen in this fucking container that they're in. So there's two so assholes. They just like hold forever. There's two assholes in this story. Okay. A. If you say Princess Diana. No, her husband. Okay. Well, for selling their wedding cake just so he could get a quick buck. Second person. Wait. Do you do you know who her husband is? I don't care. He's part of the royal family. They're, he's, he's not. not he's technically not. He is by marriage. It's it's okay, but. Regardless, he's an asshole. Second person who's an asshole in this story, in this thing, is the person who paid $10,000 for a piece of cake. Are you out of your damn mind? What else do you have the money? What do you do do for a living to justify that? 10 grand sounds good right now. I could use 10 grand. I got shit I need to pay off. Well, if you're a piece of cake. Right? Like... $10,000. $10,000. We've talked that about methany. I think this is worse than methany. The methany story I told. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's like, holy fuck. Why? Chris, I, I get, I get this country has an infatuation with the British family. If you haven't realized takes by shit. now, Matt gets super hype and very passionate about small things that normal people don't give a fuck about. Go ahead, Matt. Who can justify $10,000 for a cake? Bill Gates couldn't justify $10,000 for a cake. That was the best way to start that right back up. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you have. There's no reason to ever pay that much for a fucking thing you can get from Yeah, $100 doesn't sound like much. Hold on, Chris. I'm still baffled by this. Because in what restaurant were you in? Where were you that you saw a $100 piece of cake? I need to see what it, I know. He I want to know. What he, it was he was like. in Maryland when he smoked the team not wearing a cup, and the waitress <laughs> was pissed at him about it. <laughs> I mean, I've never spent a hundred dollars on a cake or a, a piece a of cake. But I mean, if you're in a in a country that's known for their you know sophisticated chocolate, I could see myself doing it. Oh God! Uh, you know. Oh, you know, I was thinking about keeping it local. There's still not a slice of cake on this plane I would pay $100 for. I would for. split $100. I'll pay $100 for the full cake, but there ain't no way I'm paying for it. <laughs> I'm with <laughs> Rob on this one. Dude, you want to know what my cousin spent on his fucking wedding cake? 
No, but go ahead. $1,900. Fuck that. You could go to Munger and make the same damn cake. It was fucking Matt, Rob. So my cousin, my cousin is a, is Chris just for, okay. So, you know, the, do you follow the cringy page on uh, Instagram? Chris? No. No. Okay. So basically it's posts where the minute they start, you wish they never existed. Okay. My cousin's into stuff like that. I love him to death. He's extremely intelligent, but he's also into some weird shit uh, where it's like, super anime um and they found this designer on instagram this wedding cake designer and this cake had 11 levels it was a different color on each level sometimes rainbow and they had like characters made out of fondant i only know that word from cake boss but the sugary shit that they like bold stuff out of that were so intricately done, they looked like fucking uh, action figures. Your cousin's part of my problem. Oh, that cake was so fucking good. Because I'm sorry. The cost of the ingredients, the cost of the specialty tools, even the cost of that person's time. You're paying for man hours. Is not worth $1,900. You're paying out of. It's not worth $1,900. That fucking cake. Probably had to fucking fly him in. Well, no, he was well. Okay, so he wasn't from said Michigan. Might have on Instagram. Person could have been from wherever. Well, he wasn't from Michigan. They didn't fly him in. He lives in Chicago, so a couple hour drive. So did he make it in Chicago, or did he make it here? No, he made it here. I can get you a ticket from Chicago to Detroit for four hundred, two hundred bucks. I'm paying nineteen hundred bucks for a cake. You better make it right in front of me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to deal with it transporting. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. That's Dude, it's it. Married yet? What's no. That? Have any of you been married yet? No. <laughs> can you tell? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> married, and then you can talk about your nineteen hundred dollars cakes. Oh. I, I that teed me up for a hilarious hockey and cake story. Okay, I, go ahead, go ahead, go. <laughs> when I got married, I had the groom's cake. You know, you have multiple cakes. The groom's cake was a Washington Capitals puck, right? And Luckily, I'm divorced from this cake. does not exist anymore. Um, it was a Washington Capitals puck. And the Capitals were up 3-1 to one in a series against Montreal um, uh, the day I got married, right? Mm-hmm. So my father-in-law at the time, very divorced now, he is sitting there. He's from Newfoundland, Canada, you know, getting a Newfoundland accent. They're sitting there. He's like, you know, your Capitals, they suck. They're not going to win at all. You can forget about it. And I said, you want to bet? And he said, yep. And I said, all right. No one's eating my green, my, my groomsman cake. I'm going to save this cake until the Washington Capitals win the Stanley Cup. And he said, you're going to hold on to that cake for a long fucking time, buddy. And I said, yeah, right. So needless to say, Montreal peeled off three wins in a row and knocked my caps out of it. That cake sat in my freezer this is a 750 dollars groom cake right it sat in my freezer for fucking 10 years before i got a divorce and then it got thrown away the year before the caps actually won the stanley cup i was gonna say one i'm proud of you for staying true to your word (laughs) two chris who would have known 
Just throw the motherfucker out. I don't. Well, you know, I I, I was going to eat it if they did. And the sickest thing about it, you know, I got my divorce and I, I moved out the year before the caps actually, like, the cake got thrown out in, like, fucking November. And the caps won the Stanley Cup that year in July. So, so it was cake- literally the same season. It wasn't even the oh, off wow. season you got rid of it. It was that season. Yeah. It was the season when I got my divorce. And, uh. You know, that cake, God, I 10 years in my freezer. Couldn't put shit in my freezer because I had this giant groomsman cake that I would not get rid of because I made a fucking bet. And, oh, man, did I bite my fucking words on that one. Yeah, I wonder how good it would have been, like, after 10 years. Well, yeah, and especially seeing as a Canadian team hasn't won a cup since 93. You also have to consider the fact that I got married in New Orleans and uh, (laughs) – Multiple hurricanes that knocked out my power for three years. I probably would have died if I actually ate. (laughs) (laughs) You know, probably worked out well in the end. Oh my fucking god! I just a hundred dollars. I still think that's wild. Seven fifty for a cake is wild. All right, so Chris, before we end the show, um, I want to. This is the first time we've done an interview, like an actual true interview, in a really long time. Yeah. Um, since we've added some, it was pre Rob. Yeah, it was BR before Rob. Um, and uh, there was only three guys on the show. And we used to do an interview a week. Things have changed a little bit. We're really happy to have you here. So to leave the people with something, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Okay. <laughs> First question. Are these the questions I think they are? <laughs> First question. Would you rather? <laughs> No, we need to get Rob's answers on these, too. Oh, yeah, because Rob wasn't here. Rob wasn't here. Okay, so would you rather... Let's say it's a Freaky Friday situation, okay? And your mom and your girlfriend have switched bodies. Would you rather bang your mom with your girlfriend's mind in it or bang your girlfriend's body with your mom's mind in it? That's so fucked up. Mm -hmm. That's real fucked up. Yeah, we were we were posted this question yesterday, and I mean I have never I, been so immediately uncomfortable in my life. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm not banging mom, so whatever the one of the options is, I guess my mom's body with my girlfriend. Wait, but. so so you would look your mom's body in the eyes while you had <laughs> passionate, you made passionate love to your mom's body. That's so fucked. That's such a fuck situation. Yeah. I, See, I said I would rather have sex with my girlfriend's my body with my, my. I'd rather have sex with my girlfriend's mom in this whole situation. But I'd rather have sex with my girlfriend's mind or my my mom's mind in my girlfriend's body because I could say, "Mom, shut the fuck up. I got to do some shit right now," and I I know what I'm looking at. Yeah, dude. But then you got to live with that for the rest of your life that you bang your mom. Oh, this that brings me to my next question. Um, but before that, Rob, what's your answer? I'm with you, Rich. I could bang my girlfriend's mom. <laughs> That's the same thing. I could bang my girlfriend's body with my mom's. <laughs> okay, so that falls in line. I'm really happy Chris was an- Chris's answer was was uh, was was different. Okay. Did he go- he went the other way with it? Yeah, he oh, went the other just way with it. <laughs> A week later, I didn't bang my mom. Y'all fuckers banged your moms. 
Dude, you have that mental image for the rest of your life. I think I don't think I think you're underestimating that. Dude, I mean, I'm a, I brought up this quote from my dad yesterday. As long as you close your eyes, it's all the same. Yep, might have been your girlfriend's thoughts, but it was your mom's voice talking back to you too. Like that's oh. just <laughs> right. That's well, where that's... my mind my mind went. Oh, yeah. honey. Oh, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> just to hear the the phrase spoken with your name at the end of it. Oh God! Insert name. I don't want to go through this again. Oh God, Matt! And it's your Stop. mom's voice. Stop! No, you made that weird. <laughs> I See, had to. I, oh, I'm I'm the one that made this whole experience weird. Yes. Okay. You so are. that brings me to my next question, which it doesn't get better. Would you rather? Live life knowing that you fucked a goat and nobody knows or live life knowing that you did not fuck a goat, but everybody thinks you fucked a goat. I mean, dude, I'll let everyone think I fucked a goat. That'd be fucking hilarious. Like, you know, <laughs> enough to know I wouldn't give a fuck about that. So, I mean, I, I definitely would rather have people think I fucked a goat and be talking about it than actually fuck a goat. So, yeah, that's an easy answer. Okay. He's answered these way quicker than we did last night. He answered them like a goalie. Okay. So, the same boat as him with that one. That's an easy answer. So, you both went along with Q. I said, (laughs) word for word, I'd fuck the shit out of that goat. I would break that fucking goat's back. (laughs) Is literally (laughs) word, because I listened back to it. That is word for word what I said. What was my answer? I don't remember. Same thing. Okay, yeah. You'd rather fuck a goat and have nobody know. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to stick with that one. I don't know why. I think I could live with myself. <laughs> I don't as know that as nobody, I could. As long as I knew that nobody was going to know. <laughs> I'm, a guy that, I'm a guy that lets a lot of shit go off his back. I don't know <laughs> that I feel like that go off my back. Like Kim K. <laughs> what were you going to say, Chris? There's no such thing as bad publicity. So yeah. if they're talking, good thing. Uh, what well, do you remember? What the third question was? Yeah, I do. Go ahead. Well, we haven't got Rob, or no. Rob did answer. Rob did answer. Okay, so you're two inches deep in your mom, <laughs> and your dad's two inches deep in you. Which way are you going to get out of the situation? Sorry, mom. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> oh my god. I'm using both my arms and pushing and running as far as I fucking can. Which way? So oh, back putting, into his dad. So he went with me on he's this. He's taking one. both of his arms and pushing back yeah, into his dad. He, he went with me on this one. See, I said I'd rather. Word here we go. Word for word. Get some enjoyment out of this nightmare for oh, getting no. away from it. Oh God. Do you remember? And this is that? when your this is when your comment came out that when you close your eyes, it's all the same. It's all the same. That's when that comment came out. <laughs> then to be like, <gasps> for like the split second that I'm trying to get out of this, you know what I mean? Now like, I just need to be positive that my mom and dad don't listen to this podcast. So that's <laughs> where do they the pro- live? The problem they is, might. The, the problem is mine do. <laughs> oh shit. Mine don't. Mine listened to the first episode and said, this isn't for me. <laughs> um, so, Rob, you're pushing back? Or you said, sorry, Mom. I said, sorry, Ma. Why? 
I, I couldn't I couldn't push myself back. Okay, so to be devil's advocate here, your dad's already two inches deep inside of you. No, I could I couldn't. I mean, he must have done that himself because I didn't let it. <laughs> <laughs> Not letting it go anymore. <sighs> I just really wanted to get your guys' answers to those questions because I feel attacked from the way that I was asked them yesterday. Well, and Q was supposed to send them to Rob and never did. So now yeah, we got so his we answers. Get Rob's answers. But at least we got Rob's answers now in the books. And we're going to be a week in between those two episodes, these two episodes. So it'll be fucking amazing to re- rediscover that. Oh God. What an <laughs> um, Chris, thank you so much uh, for being with us today. I do have a couple more questions for you. They're real got, quick. Okay. I got one more real, too. What, go, you go first. So, so are you a Vegas Golden Knights fan or are you just sticking with your caps? Sticking with my caps till I die. Okay. All right. So, outro here after matt interrupts me for the hundred millionth time during the outro that's Um, what i do uh thank you very much for being here i do have a couple more questions for you real quick before you go they're very quick ones do you have any advice for the viewers before we let you go oh uh play well and don't take it too seriously I like that advice. Waggle um, that sh- could, shit, smack that shit, and watch that shit. I wish I could follow that. Um, now, uh, before we let you go, can you give us uh, a good way to find you? Uh, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok. See Howard Golf on all of them. And uh, um, I'm dropping right around the day this is coming out. Um, my. Uh, fifth anniversary u.s portion of the tour so uh if this is being listened to in detroit or anywhere else you can go on uh any of those uh see howard golf twitter instagram uh tiktok and uh you'll see um where i'm gonna be in the beginning of uh 2022 well chris look for a dm from me because i definitely need your help there you go and remember chris said he sells out detroit very quickly it is a golf school so it's a little bit different uh, than his normal like trip lessons. Um, so Chris, thank you again uh, for coming yep. on with us. We will. So we're doing a couple things differently in the future. Um, the show is going to stay the show forever. Um, but we are also doing a uh, getting ready to do a more uh, professional. Um, it won't be a live stream, and it won't be actually recorded and posted as a as a podcast. It's called Bar Talk. Uh, we used to do it as a live stream, uh, but now we're going to do a more professional production of it. So, um, and not even realizing it, I drunk I drunkenly brought it up to Max the other day uh, without even thinking. But if he were to come with you, and we could get the dates matched up, and you were here for a day, maybe day and a half, or even like the night you get like, I don't we'll, we could figure it out, but it's called bar talk. It's, um, it's going to be more of a production, uh, where, you know, we sit down with each other, like boom, mics, lights, all that kind of stuff. And it actually goes on YouTube. Uh, so if you're down for that, this is the informal, formal invite to that, to be, um, readily able to do that whenever you want to, you are, you are invited to bar talk. Um, I think it could be a really fucking good time. Um, Absolutely. And because uh, Chris is also a betting man. I also, am. him and Billy will have some fun. Some A lot of fun. Um, Rob makes smart bets. Millie, Billy makes bets that he feels in his heart. Um, completely different gamblers. 
Um, so Chris, you, that is our informal, formal invite to be invited to that once we get that all started up. And obviously I'll let you know more about that. Uh, make sure you, like Chris said, follow him at C Howard golf on everything. Um, from my heart to yours, from my house to your ass. You say that every time we've done one episode from what I would call your house, even though it was your parents. What? What? You say from my house to yours every time. We're usually here. Yeah, I know. Which isn't yours. It, it's a, it's an expression. Right, it bothers me. Can you, you, you do this, Wusa. <laughs> All right, we've done this before, and I'm not gonna do the freak out again. Don't make me fucking do it. Okay. Um. Uh. From my house to yours. <laughs> I've been rich. These guys have been idiots with me. Thank you guys so much for being rider guys and riding with us. We will see you next week. D- D- DJ, spin that shit.